0: Let's go! Let's go! Real sports talk for real sports fans. Oh man, I love it! I love it. Huge bus. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 KBGG. <laughs>
1: 1700 KBGG. Trent Connor and myself with you every Monday through Friday from noon until 2, with the exception of holiday weekends. Uh, as this one this past Monday kept us off the air, but we'll cram in four days worth here as we get you closer to CyHawk. Let's talk some Iowa State. He's the voice of Iowa State. He's John Walters, and he joins us. John, Trent, and Ken, how are you?
2: Doing well, guys. How are you? Doing
1: fine, John. Um, look, I, I felt for you and the crew on Saturday night, uh, the game's... Um, in delay, and go ahead and fill <laughs> you know basically right the red light doesn't go off uh and and, and I 'm not being at all sarcastic, John, I swear to God, I enjoyed the the soybeans piece with the president of the soybean association <laughs> i'm not kidding you, I learned more about it I learned for the fish agriculture they're now going to use them um as, as food for the uh, fish as we uh, move from you know just harvesting crops um yeah, you, you had to film time and that was one of the pieces that stuck with me.
2: Same thing you guys do in the middle of July. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just trying to just trying to find a, a finish and see what was gonna happen, but um didn't want to lose our audience because you just don't know. Right. Uh, if it you know, if they're gonna say, Yep, we're thirty minutes away, you sure don't want to go away. Thought about maybe uh, just running some re- re- reruns of the Andy Griffith show <laughs> like <laughs> Dick Perry used to do. Yeah. But uh no, it was you know when you got Sage and Brent and uh, and Ben Bruns mm-hmm. and uh, Eric Heft and uh, you got some guys with the gift of gab, it's it's all good. We all we didn't have any problem uh, filling those two and a half hours.
1: No, John, was there a point that um, that you thought that this game is going to resume? That had been, you know, I don't know what that number was twenty two minutes. There's been no lightning strike. Did you did you get right to the cusp maybe, and then all of a sudden it strikes again?
2: Well, yeah, it seemed like the the all gone system just kept redeveloping mm-hmm. right over the top of us. And you know, there was a little window there where it went about maybe fifteen minutes where it seemed like there was nothing and it stopped raining and you're thinking, okay, maybe and then boom, here it comes again. So you kind of knew that this is inevitable. And then when they put the radar up on the on the video board and you could see that it just kept coming and redeveloping and just was not it was an endless line really, mm-hmm. uh, coming right at us. And so um, they they definitely made the right decision and uh, it's a shame that it happened. It, it really is a bummer, but I'm just really actually feeling pretty fortunate that those guys, you know, they got an offensive series and they got a defensive series because even though that's not much of a sample size, at least those guys got out there and had positive results. Mm-hmm. And so the dress rehearsal part of it kind of took place. And uh, is it a lot? No. Would you rather have a full film? Absolutely. Uh, but, at least it's something, and it beat uh, having nothing happen and never getting a chance to run out there. So I think, I think it will do a little bit of good. We'll see how much this week.
3: John, as it's uh, currently sitting right now, it'll be an eleven game schedule, a uh, bye week October twentieth, and then possibility of playing that last uh, season uh, week of the year with championship week December, right at the beginning of that. What's the latest you heard? I know Jamie Pollard was on the the coaches show beforehand, explaining a little bit. As it sits right now, possibility of a 12th game.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that what Jamie laid out there is is still the case, which is that you know they're looking at all the possibilities, but uh, one that seems to be uh, maybe the front runner, if you would, would be you know having a contingency type of game um, in the event that Iowa State's not in the Big 12 championship game and that they need a 12th game uh, that you could play on December 1st. You know. Jamie even brought up the possibility of a contingency contract where an opponent would sign on uh, to agree to that date, um, you know, and then they would get paid a certain amount of money just for doing that, you know, Mm -hmm. just for agreeing to the date, and then uh, they would get more money if they actually came and actually played the game, so... Uh, I'm sure all those things are in the works. He'll do a great job navigating through all that stuff. It's tough because, I mean, there's no, there's no precedent for it. You know, you don't have a lot of these to, right. to go back and look at how did we handle this the last time. So, uh, And there's so many moving parts to it. And uh, I, I don't admire what those guys are trying to go through in, in the Jacobson building this week with getting all that sorted out. But if there's a guy to do it correctly, it's him. So uh, I feel like it's in good hands, and, uh, and we'll see where it goes. But, yeah, I think it's uh, – it's hard to say that there's any steadfast, sure thing that's going to happen. Uh, we're just going to kind of have to wait and play it out and see what happens.
1: Mm-hmm. John Walters is our guest. John, um, you know, we try to, to with our opinion, try, try to come get close to figuring out how this game's going to unfold, right? And then we're proven wrong week after week after <laughs> week, uh, seemingly. My concern about Iowa State having the they got the dress rehearsal is a conditioning edge that. You know, it's one thing to practice speed, game speed, nowhere alike, right? And, you know, we see, we see teams kind of wear down and the conditioning is much better in week two, seemingly, than it would be in week one. That's my concern when it comes to Iowa State, that, you know, just that, you know, all that work that they put in in the winter, it's a different animal when they get out there and play a game and they don't have the benefit of playing 60 minutes.
2: I think that's a legitimate thing, and I I hadn't really even thought about it, to be honest with you, Ken, but I think that's certainly a valid concern. Um, I would say that I I do feel like Iowa State has better depth than they've had in the past, which I think will help in that regard, particularly along that defensive line where you need depth. You just cannot wear guys out up there. Uh, You have to rotate them in, and so I think they're really good in that spot. Um, And then also the other thing that – makes me a little bit optimistic about what you're saying is the fact that they're expecting about a 70 degree day over in Iowa city. So if it's, you know, if it's not in the eighties or humid, like it was the other night, um, that, that slows down the possibility of the cramping and things that come along with that. So um, hopefully they'll be okay in that regard, but you're right. It's an advantage for Iowa. They've got not only a film to look at and reevaluate and see what things they did right and what they did wrong and what works and what doesn't so far, Um, but they also have that advantage of that game of conditioning. So there's some advantages for them, and there's some smaller advantages, I would say, for Iowa State in the whole deal, but, um, you know, obviously everybody would have rather had Iowa State play the game.
3: Well, limited reps to get a look at some of the new pieces here. It was just a few defensively, but what did you see out of the freshman at middle linebacker, Mike Rose?
2: Well, you know, the one play that you can kind of evaluate him on was when Aaron Christian rolled out to his left trying to buy some time. And I thought Rose did a, a really great job of staying in the lane that he was supposed to be in and forcing the play back where Christian had to scramble back to his right and eventually threw the incomplete pass where they had to punt the football away. So he did a nice job there. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's a big deal for him to have gotten those, uh, you know, five, six snaps, whatever the number was defensively. Uh, I think that's, that's going to help him, but you know he's he's going to be put in a tough spot this week because you're going into a place where they love to run the football, they love to do play action and throw off of that, and so there's a lot of pressure on those linebackers to really be assignment sound. And he's going to have to be really good. And uh, but he's got veterans on each side of him, and I think that helps. And and Willie Harvey and Marcel Spears, and we'll see uh, how he does in his first big test on the road. But you know they believe in him, and and Orion Vance will probably get a lot of snaps, I would think, as well, and. And we might even see some of Bobby McMillan too. So I don't think Mike will have to do it all by himself, but certainly it's a good test for him this week.
1: Uwazuruke uh, was—he jumped off my laptop. You know who else did John uh, in, the, in the in the one defensive series? Greg Eisworth. Uh, he was noticeable moving up toward the line of scrimmage and making some plays very quick.
2: Yeah, I think they they were really high on him. I think they they basically named him the, the spring football defensive MVP, and um, you know he's. Uh, a guy that was highly touted coming out of high school, was originally committed to Ole Miss, uh, ended up in junior college and has some talent. And so uh, I I think he's got a chance to, to fill in that role and and do pretty well. And then I I love you was I just think he's going to have a monster year. I mean, the guy's 283 pounds playing defensive end and uh, looks the part. And uh, you him shed that block and go make the, the tackle on the running play that Looked like it was going to be about a 9- or 10-yard gain, turned into a 4-yard gain. So uh, he's very quick down that line of scrimmage, and I think he's going to have a very big year. So, yeah, I saw some things, too, that uh, certainly got me in the ball.
3: Julian Good-Jones suspended for uh, game number one. Also, Demonte Ruth, they'll be back out there for the second matchup here with Iowa. John, as you know, on Twitter, the fighting, on message boards, the back and forth, that goes on here. I think Matt Campbell explained it very well. Any concern inside of Cyclone nature, Maybe that locker room, though, since it was an official game, or is that just something to uh, pass the time until we actually get to the game? Just lip service for guys like us.
2: Oh, I don't think it's a, a concern whatsoever in the locker room. I, not at all. Um, I, I think the, thing that, the perspective you have to have on that, that if, if Iowa State doesn't end up making up that game, which I would say at this point you know, there's a pretty good chance mm-hmm. that Iowa State never plays uh, that 12th game, I mean, are you going to suspend guys for two of the twelve games just because it rained? I mean that that to me doesn't make a lot of sense. So I, I think they definitely uh, came to the right conclusion. Um, but it's it's not a factor whatsoever in that locker room. They've completely moved on. There's nothing <laughs> there's nothing uh, lingering there. So um, they'll be just fine. And uh, you know, I think it's important to have a guy like Julian Go- Good Jones and Demonte Ruth with their experience at positions where you don't have as much experience as some other spots on the field their experience will certainly help this week.
1: John, uh, I want to ask you about Conor Asali because, or Sally, um, you know, we talk, you know what it's like doing this, right? You, you talk about Iowa and Iowa State 12 months out of the year, whether it's football season or not, and you look ahead periodically. We never, ever said his name until about a week ago. In fact, I'm not even sure I'd seen his, you know, his name on a, certainly on depth charts that came out. What can you tell us about him, John? He's seemingly because uh, he was the guy on the field to kick the extra point, not saying it's his job, but it seemingly was going to be his job on Saturday night. What do we know about him, uh, and uh, how did uh, I mean, how did his rise up the depth chart kind of happen?
2: Well, I think it, it definitely raised a few eyebrows when Joe Houston, the special teams coach, uh, did his interview availability well, on two weeks before the start of the season, and was asked, you know, how's the kicking competition coming along? And everybody's anticipating, well, it's a two-horse race, right. Chris Francis and, and Spencer Novison. And he says, well, it's, it's actually three. You know, he said right off the bat, he said, there's three guys in the mix. And Sally is one of them, you know. And uh, he's a guy who kicked for Naperville Central, which was uh, you know a very, very good program in the Chicago area that won the Class 8A state championship when he was there. He was a teammate of Bobby McMillan's. And a walk-on, but a redshirt sophomore who's been in the program for a while. And Joe Houston himself was a former kicker at USC. He's a very good kicker. He was, I thought he did a great job, um, you know, last year with Garrett Owens and the year before with Cole Nutt. And he, I think he gets those guys in a great mental state of mind. And uh, and, and I think with Connor, uh, he obviously had to make some big kicks, you know, to win a state, a state championship. You know, he was put in some pressure situations then. and, I think they really looked at it going into the uh, camp as whatever guy is making the most kicks is going to win the job because we got nothing else to base it on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's no game kicks to really base uh, an evaluation on for any of those th- other you know the three guys. So uh, who does the best in practice consistently? Consistently, and I think Connor must have been the guy that did that, and so he's going to get the first crack at it. Doesn't mean that he'll take every kick the entire season, but maybe he will. You know, I, I think with Joe there. Um, he's got a really good mentor to go to, and so we'll see how he does. But they have a lot of confidence in him.
1: I'm glad it wasn't just us that missed him. Sounds like everybody (laughs) missed it because he came out of the blue front. Well, look at John, we'll end on this. Saturday wasn't a complete loss. The Bears got Khalil Mack.
2: There you go. There you go. That was a a big-time get, so there's some reason to be excited for sure.
1: John, uh, uh, enjoy your trip over to Iowa City. We'll talk to you throughout the season. Thank you, John Walters.
2: Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Good to
1: talk to you. John Walters talking to Iowa State and a little Hawk action and a Bears fan to boot. We will come back, uh, continue on here. John Miller, bottom of the hour, thereabouts. Trenton Ithil 2, 1700 KBGG.
3: High school football each and every Friday night right here on your home for high school sports, 1700 KBGG. Friday night starting at 7 o'clock.
5: Touchdown! Don't miss out on tailgates and touchdowns because your car's broke down. Instead, call an audible by calling Absolute Auto Repair, where we offer free loaner cars while yours is in the shop. At Absolute Auto Repair in Urbandale, we get that when your car breaks down, your life is interrupted. That's why we offer loaner cars to keep your busy life moving. Absolute Auto Repair in Urbandale on Hickman Road near Cobblestone Theater. Google Absolute Auto Repair Urbandale. Absolute Auto Repair is a proud supporter of high school football. Touchdown! I'm so happy! Football's back. Fire up the grill and crack
6: open a cold one because it's time to celebrate with an approved by Joe tailgate. Hey, Joe Clemens here from Capital City Motor Company. This month, bring me your old car and score the nicer, newer ride you've been fantasizing about for just ten dollars down. Sack your old car and start driving a nicer, newer car of your dreams. Has the ref thrown a flag on your past credit problems? My one and only, for the people, credit approval process is the game changer you've been waiting for. We huddle up with the banks and lenders and call the audibles to get you approved and back in the game. Guaranteed. Stop driving a car you hate and pump it! And drive home a nicer newer car today for just ten bucks down. I'm throwing a Hail Mary to make my month, and I need your help. Trade in your old car and drive for just 10 bucks down this is for a limited time so get in here and score before the clock runs out i'm joe clemens and i'm your dealer for the people come see us at capital city motor company in des Moines on east university one block off i-235 on the state fair side call 265-1467 or online at approved by joe.com approved by joe.com www.approvedbyjoe.com
3: everyone is a champion in their own way but aches and pains can make you want to give up on your training or workouts It's time to collect. Stop by The Rookie, 9992 Swanson Boulevard, right across from the Willis Auto Campus and online at therookiesportscards.com. Does overpaying for something make sense? We don't think it does at Charterhouse Real Estate. That is why we have completely changed the commission structure at our real estate firm from what you are used to hearing about. Gone are the days of 6 or 7% to sell your home. We charge $24.95 plus 3%. Don't worry if that sounds a bit odd. Just know that on average, our sellers save thousands in real estate commission when they sell their home with us. The best part is our sellers still get full service, including social media marketing, their home on the MLS, a dedicated agent, and much more. Head to charterhouseiowa.com and use our calculator there to see what your savings could be. We are Charterhouse Real Estate, and we are changing the way you think about selling your home. Don't pay big dealership or national sign chain prices when you can get yours installed by a professional trained and certified installer. Contact Corby for more information or a free estimate at completeautoraps.com.
0: Real sports talk for real sports fans. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 KBGG.
1: All right. Welcome back. Ted Miller show short segment here. I want to get back on track. Trance with John Miller. Give him a fair shot. You know, I don't know if you were on Twitter last night. I was uh, the, the, the Cubs Brewers. I tried to get into it. I just couldn't. Um, you know what I was into of all the things, and I got to tip my cap to these guys. And I'd love to have them on and tell them in person, but the Register guys are barred by the Register of coming on with you and I. That's right. Uh, Chad likes to come and Mark Emmert did their their Des Moines Register road men's basketball road trip draft.
3: Yes, that
1: was brilliant. It
3: was. Six road games that they had to figure out. And
1: they went, you pick, I pick, and they did so on Twitter. It's kind of like doing a fantasy draft. Yes. But this is kind of hits closer to home, right? This is, I think it was pretty cool. The number one pick is not Michigan
3: State. No, I was surprised. Indiana. Yeah. Well, think of the timing of it. Remember that. Right after Big Ten football championship weeks, the Michigan State game. I think timing oh, sure. played a bigger deal than that one. You're yeah, still in football mode. in You December. are
1: very much still in football mode. Let's uh, go to our break. We'll come back. We'll get John Miller speaking of football mode. Trent and I are here until two talking football on 1700 KBGG
0: News Talk Sports. Yeah, we got all that online at
7: 1700 KBGG.com. Urbandale.
3: Walk to prevent suicide. Join the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and participate in an Out of the Darkness Community Walk. Register for a walk near you at outofthedarkness.org. Suicide takes an enormous toll on families, friends, co-workers, and entire communities. Walk to raise awareness. Walk to raise funds for research, education, advocacy, and programs to
7: support people impacted by suicide. Walk to save lives. Go to outofthedarkness.org today.
2: Sandy from Collectomania. Lots of great items to choose from. Furniture,
7: glassware, Collectibles, tools, toys and games, music, NASCAR and metal signs, new blankets and caps, touch lamps, 3200 Delaware, open Tuesday through Sunday, 10 to 7, closed Mondays.
2: Collectomania, the name says it all.
3: Everyone is a champion in their own way, but aches and pains can make you want to give up on your training or workouts.
1: At the Food Bank of Iowa, we know it's hard to believe that someone you might know might be struggling with hunger. But when one in eight Iowans may not be sure where their next meal is coming from, hunger may be closer to home than you think. It affects all kinds of people parents, students, families, like the Hardesty family. Even though they work full-time, they struggle to make ends meet. But with three children, giving up isn't an option. We help families like the Hardesty's every day. You might not know this family, but they could be your neighbors. Together, we can help ensure that all of our neighbors in need have dinner on the table. Donate today at foodbankiowa.org. We're the Food Bank of Iowa, and together we can solve hunger.
4: Thinking about selling your home soon? Listen up, as this will save you big money. Charterhouse Real Estate is a full-service real estate firm that has eliminated the typical 6 or 7% commission structure that you are used to. We charge sellers 2495 plus 3%. We know math stinks, so think about it like this. If you are selling a $200,000 house, you would save roughly $3,500 with us versus a 6% commission. If your home is $400,000, the savings would be $9,500. The best
0: Real sports talk for real sports fans. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 KBGG.
1: All right, welcome back. As we continue on here, we continue to have all of our Hawk guests. We appreciate John Walters. And let off the hour to complete the hour. John Miller, HawkeyeNation.com. Uh, he joins us as we look back at Northern Illinois and, of course, looking forward to Hawk. John, how are you?
5: I'm doing good, guys. thanks for having me back on.
1: No, listen, we appreciate the content really do. It's good content. Hey, where does cyhawk rank rate for you in the you know the twelve game season? What does this week mean to you, John Miller?
5: You know it meant different things to me at different points in my life before moving to central Iowa in uh, two thousand and five, it really wasn't that big of a deal. um you know the first ever game Iowa game, my then girlfriend future wife andrea came with me too, was the 1998 Iowa-Iowa oh, State game. Oh, her fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down at the other place in Overland Park. But, um, you know, obviously Central Illinois, is a whole different deal. Being on, the, being on the radio there as I was and kind of stirring the pot a little bit, um, things could get a little tense and life could be a little miserable for the next year if Iowa lost. But since moving away in 2013, and, you know, I'll tell you this. It was two years ago. I was listening to a podcast with Mike Palat and Ben Brunt. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, I've liked to you know throw a little shade and troll a little bit at Iowa State fans through the years. And I listened to that podcast, and I listened to Ben describe how when he had gotten he committed to Iowa State in his little small town in Iowa. I don't want to say he was you know shunned like he was Amish, but a lot of people got in his grill. And, and it's like you know, and just hearing him talk about that, I could hear those emotions. Like hmm. people in his own hometown weren't happy for him just because he chose Iowa State, and it really struck me. And I actually told him and Mike and some other guys, like, That's a, this is just stupid. It's just dumb to have this level of animosity, even if, it's, even if it's contrived. So since then, I mean, you might be able to find 10 tweets total in two years for me that maybe were direct uh, poking the bear. But, you know, I just don't get into it anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. So last year's game for me was great because I've been one of the mind that, you know what, I don't want to see Iowa play this game anymore because when they win, they're supposed to, when they lose, then it's a story. Iowa state's not holding up their end of the deal. The rest of the year that game last year. And then the resulting season from Iowa state and I'm all for it. Um, if that's how it's going to be, if if Iowa state their program, I just really like Matt Campbell a lot. Think He's doing a fantastic job there. So, um, and one of my very good friends from Des Moines son's going to be playing there in the future. And, uh, you know, I said I might even show up one day at Jack Trice Stadium in, mm. uh, you know, mustache and <laughs> and shade,
1: yeah. hat pulled down. <laughs>
5: yeah, exactly that, that Bobby Valentine. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pull a Valentine.
1: Yeah. Hey, how has social media changed the rivalry, John? Do Do you think is it is it is it better than you know when we were back on the air down the dial? Is Is it is it more intense now, or are we just getting old and kind of beyond that, you know, the back and forth that seemingly that, that happens this week? May, have we outgrown it, or is it more intense, or how do you see it?
5: I think social media makes the bitterness more focused and seem like it's a lot bigger than it is. That's just the whole thing with social media. Social media makes everything seem like the world's falling apart, everyone's crazy, and there's no hope. Which we're talking about an incredibly small sample of a small sample of a small sample. So, and we're on there a lot. I enjoy yep, Twitter. Me too. Um, you know, there's downsides to it, but I enjoy it. But I think we just think that the, 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 the things that come into our app folder are representative of everyone. And I just don't believe that at all. So it's hard to say, you know, it, it, Twitter replies have replaced calls to a radio station mm-hmm. and, uh, Sometimes, thankfully, since they're limited to 240 characters or whatever it is. But I don't know. I'm guessing it's probably the same.
3: John, to uh, the nuts and bolts of what we're going to see on Saturday, before we get into that, a little bit of a look back and listen to your Instant Reaction podcast Saturday night. You were talking about the lack of execution sloppy in the first half. And and it wasn't disjointed where, oh, maybe this Iowa team isn't going to be very good I chalked it up to simply chalkiness or what you called lack of execution. Your takeaway the second half is they run away from Northern Illinois.
5: Yeah, the second half, it's like I think, you know, because the, the podcast that I did before the game, I said, I expect to see Iowa run mostly two tight end sets and maybe even quite a bit of three tight end sets. They did that in the second half especially, even when, when T.J. Hawkinson left the game for a little bit. They really buckled down. They got back to basics, and I thought they'd do that just because uh, to not expose Nate Stanley's blind side with an untested offensive tackle. In the second half, it was it was pretty. The, the blocking really um, came together well uh, from the offensive line. You know, I sent out a bunch of videos yesterday on Twitter, some cutups, and you could really see the the the, the beautiful ballet of that offensive line when it's really clicking um keegan render on uh, on a touchdown run up the middle late in the game just had his head on a swivel and picked up a backside rusher and so i and that was really nice to see which you know i was con- i've been my biggest concern all year all offseason has been their offensive line and their depth and that was a great game to really give everybody some confidence about that depth so great step forward
1: yeah, Keegan Render's really coming on, guys. He's one of those guys that uh, the light bulb is going on. It's been fun to watch his progression from Indianola High School to now his senior season starting center at the University of Iowa. John, I know that you watched the game, and and I'm uh, and you brought up T.J. Hawkinson. It it, uh, it reminded me of what Chuck Long said during the broadcast, and in fact, I wrote it down because. um you know, I, I I get where he's coming from. The you know, the more it gets kind of sunk in, everybody sees Fanton, Oh my God, what a great player! He's going to be an NFL player. Chuck Long said that T.J. Hawkinson was Iowa's best offensive player at one point during the broadcast. Certainly had a really good game. He is a prototypical tight end, as opposed to no offense, that you know that uh, Shannon Sharp, if you will, kind of that hybrid, uh, if you will. When you heard Chuck Long say that about Hawkinson, did it surprise you?
7: Um,
5: not necessarily, given you know the intent of probably what he meant that he's a really really good player. I mean, I don't know if you're going to line him up and say, let's say who's going to win a foot race. Fans going to win that, but yeah, he's he's a he's a do it all tight end. Although he didn't have a very good day blocking. I can't remember if I tweeted this or said in the podcast before the game. I think that TJ Hawkinson's going to have more receptions this year than fans, wow. and that's a byproduct of a couple things. Fans going to draw a lot of attention. Uh, deserve it of trans tension and I think it's gonna you, you can't take them both out of the game. And if TJ Hawkinson was Iowa's starting tight end and there was no Noah fan, everybody'd be super excited about him. Good he point. he's an NFL tight end, period. I agree. He's probably one of the four four best tight four or five best tight ends in the Big Ten, which means he's probably one of the top ten or fifteen in the country. Iowa happens to have two of the top fifteen, which is one of the reasons why I remain very hopeful and optimistic about this offense this year.
3: Well, it's Saturday, and Iowa State coming to town, going back to the Andy Brodell game with the punt return in the slop. They have the field turf, so it'll be a little bit different field conditions, certainly for this one, John. But you're a weather guy, so help us out. What's the forecast for Iowa City on
6: Saturday?
5: It looks like high 60s, low 70s, maybe a little rain in the mornings. I don't think that the uh, effects from the the hurricane are going to uh, impact At that point in time, and then it looks like there'll be more east. So I don't think it'll be too bad. Four o'clock start though, with unstable atmosphere, you know, you know this. You know this trend. Unstable atmosphere, Four are PM. You, start. Are you talking you a, to me, Chad? Yeah, you, you got a lot of energy that's built up to so you. You got got chances for splash and dash late afternoon stuff, but probably nothing like what we saw last week in
1: huh. Chances for A. J. Epinesa to Levi was one of the most decorated defensive linemen. Knowing that probably he's going to whatever he's going to accomplish is going to be done in three years. John, watching him play. I, I, I don't want to sound crazy here, but I, I see kind of a young Reggie White. Whoa. <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's way over the – but just the way he even lines up and comes off the football, he, he reminds me of that, John. He has not even scratched the surface.
5: Last year watching him, he had one rush, and that was to try to get out past the outside shoulder of the offensive tackle before that tackles footwork could catch up. That was his only rush and all off season. I'm like, okay, I can't wait to see what Epinesa does after an off season with training and, and learn two other pass rush moves. We saw one of them on, um, it wasn't his sack. It was where he came in and it looked like he almost forced the fumble, but they ruled it an incomplete pass late in the game. And I tweeted that video out too. He, he started to go outside and rush up the field and that offensive tackle opened up his hips and swiveled like you would expecting a guy to do an upfield outside rush. And then A.J. came over with his right hand, clubbed down, cross face, made an inside cut, and my gosh, it was like he was shot out of a cannon, got in there, knocked the ball out of the quarterback's hand, disrupted the play on third down. I was more excited about that than any play that A.J. has made in his Iowa career date because, to me, the dude's got more tools in his bag now and he is a physical mismatch.
3: John Miller joining us, com. John, from the really good AJ, A.J. Epinesa in that defensive line to uh, not so good. There were drops, no doubt about it, but Nate Stanley certainly was not sharp. We talked he need to make improvements in the passing game in terms of accuracy, footwork, those kind of things. I didn't see a whole lot there to make me really uh, – jumping in with both feet. Hey, he is going to be a first-round draft pick. What did you see from Stanley? First-game nerves or, or something more that you saw out of him?
5: I think first-game timing. I think you, if you watch Brandon Smith in that game, um, he just he looked a little out of sorts. He wasn't running really crisp routes. His head wasn't. You know, And like Imani, Imani Jones got pulled. He was just going crazy. That first game can get to you. So, to me, just watch a quarterback's feet when they're not playing well. You know, Stanley threw a, a flat route, a quick, a quick hitter flat route to the left side, and as he throws, he's falling away. You're not getting your feet under you. But I will, I will give him this caveat: he practiced all week last week with two new left tackles, and I don't know if there's a little PTSD or not, but I, I think that if you saw Iowa's passing game plan in the first half there were no, there were really no five-step drops like we all predicted. They were quick hitters, three-step drops, play-action waggles, things of that nature. And they did that just to protect Stanley. So I think this week when he's able to go back and they can call more of those five-step play-action where he can be a statue guy, he'll be better. But that's not to say that he did not – he, he he did not play very well on Saturday. There's no denying that. Mm.
1: How big of a blow, John, if indeed uh, Ivory Kelly Martin can't play on Saturday?
5: I think it's a big blow. I think you go back and watch that game. I mean, you look at his stats. What, what did he have, like 16 carries for fifty you know, some, 60, 60 70 yards? Yeah. But he had a 45-yard run call back, a 15-yard run back, and about a 10-yard comeback. That's three more carries and 70 yards. So a 19-carry game for 130, 140 yards looks a lot better. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's about what he does. That guy's got a strong lower body and incredible balance. He, he, you are going to need to get a shoulder and wrap to bring him down. And, yeah, he, he's probably their best threat in the passing game out of the backfield, not something they really showed that much of this week. So you he, he would be a significant loss, especially when you look across the field at his counterpart. Who's going to be the most dangerous running back Iowa sees all season? Than David Montgomery?
1: More so than Taylor? I mean, Ferent said the same thing.
5: Here's what I would say to you. Okay, you put Jonathan Taylor on Iowa State. Oh, who has so more so yards, are. Taylor yeah. or Montgomery? Uh, you, you put Montgomery at Wisconsin? Yeah, I know you're right. He, he's going to he's going to kick butt. So I mean, and, and Taylor isn't isn't a threat out of the backfield like the way Montgomery is. And Taylor Taylor will run you over. Mm-hmm. Taylor is, I think, great. He's a good player, mm-hmm. but he's made better by that offensive line. No question. You can't say the same thing about David Montgomery. David Montgomery is a standalone great talent.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Uh, John, last thing. Uh, Iowa State's game being canceled. To me, the, the 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 big factor in this, and I could be dead wrong, it might be Iowa State's conditioning late in the football game. You saw what happened in Northern Illinois. They wore down. Iowa wore them down, uh, and they wanted no part of that fourth quarter. Um Iowa State doesn't have that benefit of having that full sixty-minute game experience, conditioning-wise. Is that could that be a factor? Is that the maybe what we're looking for as we try and come up with a reason why Iowa State may have a disadvantage from not playing on Saturday night?
5: Yeah, possibly, and if just because you especially because it's a road game and you're you're stoked. And you're getting all this energy that you kind of have, really, from your first game that you probably didn't get out as much as anything. I'm thinking it's more a timing issue in the passing game that they did not get a chance to work that out last week. Didn't get a chance to go through those reps. You know, George Brett one time said when players were slumping or he was slumping, you got to try a little easier. Mm. And it's you, you just don't get that first, first time, first game stuff out of your system. Right. So I think it's possible. I would rather be in Iowa's situation than Iowa State's. I would say that.
1: Good stuff. com. You guys continue to pump out the free content. Hawkeynation.com. Rob Howe, everybody over there doing a great job. John, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. All right.
5: Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.
1: Good to talk to you. John Miller. Hawkeynation.com as we take a look, another look at CyHawk. You ready for it? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad we got another couple of days to talk about it, but um, and then we got a whole year to wait for it again, (laughs) right? Right. It is such a no. I don't want to say. I should let me rephrase that. It's not a letdown for basketball, but I mean, football is. We look forward to this all year. It's so different. It's just different. Yes. It's just. I mean, the Iowa Iowa State game uh, on the hardwood is fun. Mm -hmm. This is the state's biggest game of the year. Yes. You know, there there's no two ways about right. it. Right, there isn't. We're not going to talk about Iowa Iowa State basketball every single day of the week leading up to it. Right, we'll talk about it. It means we're going to ignore it by any means. Absolutely, but we can't talk enough about this game. Break it down. Come up with theories. Be proven wrong. It's all part of it.
3: Offensive line played better than anticipated for Iowa.
1: Yeah, and that was without oh, two other guys, Trent. And I, I'm with you. I don't know getting them back is going to make them appreciably better.
3: So help me out here. So the cloud defense that Iowa State mm-hmm. morphed into, kind of almost found in that Texas game, as bad as that Texas game was uh-huh. that Thursday night a year ago, they found something that night. We do this, and we're not going to get beat deep. Just play in front of us. We're not, we don't think you can make 10, 12 plays mm-hmm. and beat us down the field, and we saw how effective it
1: was. Clog up the running lanes to prevent the run or to minimize the run. There aren't many teams,
3: though, in the Big 12 that play like Iowa. And if that is your base, and the offensive line for Iowa does play well, Murphs mm-hmm. and Jackson are back, and yeah. and everything is you know,
1: and, and Keegan Render too, don't you think? I mean, he's oh. been a, he's been a real, I mean, he's been a Hawkeye.
3: Yes, you know, yeah. came
1: in not real big expectations. Nope. Wonder he was going to fit. Wonder he's going to see the field. Mm-hmm. Starts at guard, moved both guards. I want to say moved him to center last year when James Daniels missed the first game, and, and there's talk about him getting an opportunity next year.
3: Well, it, it opened my eyes when Brian Ferentz said. He's better at center than he was at guard, and he yeah. was a pretty good guard last right. year. You get that. Now, is it James Daniels' level? Probably not, but you put that. I think Ross Reynolds has. He looks like he's taken that leap in his senior year. Mm-hmm. He was a guy. I, honestly, when he was on the field, I, I came away disappointed the last couple of seasons. He's taken a step forward. The other side, Colt Panworth.
1: Yes, uh, a lot he, of people talking about his game.
3: He played well. I. I mean... From the stands, you can't just look at the offensive line play. Mm-hmm. But but I keyed on him, I don't know, five to eight times probably throughout the game. And every time, he was right on. Double team if need be, coming off quickly, as he need to do in the zone blocking scheme. So let's say continuity's okay. What does Iowa State do defensively? Can they sit in their base cloud defense, that three three
1: five 3 stack. Great question. Or do they have four defensive linemen on the field? Because, look, here's the thing. We're talking, we talked a lot about, was we didn't see much of the Iowa State yes. game. We have <laughs> nothing to go on. Yes. Except for four minutes. One defensive series, one offensive series. This Iowa State defensive line, this was a real talking point leading up to this season, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the depth that they have, the best ever defensive line, I still believe that. I really do. Lima, uh, Waziruke, Number fifty. We should just call him that. No, you of got it. You got myself. it. You got it. I'm, I'm getting better. Uh, Jaquan Bailey Johnson. Th- there's four guys on this. Uh, on this. Matt Leo, I think, could play a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're talking about depth on both defensive lines. This might be the best two defensive lines that have lined up in this Cyhawk matchup in history. Oh, I, I don't know. think that's going too crazy
3: no, when you combine it together and. You know, we've talked in the past. Iowa State's had nice defensive linemen in the past. Pieces, yes. Yeah, Curvey. Right. Nick Leaders. Jason Berriman. They, they've had guys, but they never had this. They no. never had A4 starters as good as they are. Right. Coupled with a little bit of depth behind it. Yeah. And Iowa's always, they when they're really good, they have really good defensive lines, but they've never had depth like mm-hmm. this.
1: And two outside linebackers, too, in, in Harvey and Spears. Yes. And, and I didn't see much of them on Saturday. Um, again, the Eisworth and uh, it was a rookie <laughs> were the two guys that jumped off my computer watching the, the one series. I mean, number 50 was all over the place, and Eisworth's really coming up and making some plays. He's very quick out there. That's one. Of, that was my takeaway from watching the defensive series for Iowa State. Um, they got That's a good defense Iowa State's going to bring to Kinnick Stadium. I think this is a low-scoring football game, Trent. I yeah, really do. I think... What's the total? High. Is it? Like, how high?
3: It's not in the 50s. No, but just a shade under that. Forty-eight and a half, forty-nine. 49. When I looked boy, at it... Oh it boy, oh
1: boy, this feels like 2017 to me.
3: I, I'm right there with you. That's, in fact, my play this week. And as it was last week with Iowa Northern Illinois, I'm on the under again. Mm-hmm. I think it's the, the right play. Mm-hmm. Last year, remember how Iowa got beat and got down in the game?
1: Yes, Jake, and then Wadley took over.
3: Yes, was, Jake Gervas, though really struggled. Uh huh. Jake Gervas today,
1: not different player. To a year
3: ago, it's not a, even close. Completely different player. Yeah. Is Akeem Butler gonna run unguarded down the middle of the field again this I year? I would
1: hope. Although he's unguarded down the middle of the field against <laughs> was, uh, the Jackrabbits on Saturday, <laughs> he night, was. He was. And that big third down pickup.
3: It's. Uh, I'm with you. I don't see this being any more than 24-20, 24-20, you know, something like that. That's how I see this game, too. Maybe 17-10. Yeah, it Just, wouldn't be crazy. I think there's going to be a lot of punts. Two good defensive lines. Uh-huh. Two
1: and
3: offensive Iowa State's lines and
1: li- li- Iowa State linebackers, too. I mean, mm-hmm. Harvey and Spears are legit. Does to sound crazy? It might be an upgrade in the middle. And this kid's never played a game, and Joel Lanning was in the Dallas Cowboys camp.
3: I love these stories of... The unheralded guy. And we had, you know, the last four years of Josie Jewell. Mm-hmm. It's a kid that was going to play at Luther. Right. And now here he is playing for your Denver Broncos. No,
1: and and, and they can't, they're gushing about him in the Mile High City.
3: Luther. I D3 know. D3
1: football. I know. And here's Mike Rose. And
3: you look at his offer list, and it's high academic places, mm-hmm. a couple Ivy Leagues in there. Mm-hmm. He was committed to Ball State. He wanted yep. to play D1 football, though. They just happen to be an Akron. Yeah, now let's take another look at this kid. He's all over the place. Right, it's all from a I mean,
1: look at look at Joe Lanning's game against Iowa last year. They exposed him a little bit. Yes, I mean Joe Lanning was really he was ready to play the run. Now the, the pass, not so much. Mike Rose. I don't know. And there was no safeties.
3: All right, welcome to D one football mm-hmm. because you're going up against the best combo tight ends.
1: Yes, in I the know. country. Is that hyperbolic? I, no, it's, it's not, because Hawkinson is, is emerging. We knew Fant was going to be good. Yeah. Look, I'm not criticizing Chuck Long. When he said that, that got my attention mm-hmm. to what, you know what, maybe pay a little bit more clo- attention to this guy. Don't be giving Fant all of this love. Right. Because what Hawkinson does, he looks like an NFL tight end supposed to, he doesn't look like a Julius Thomas. He doesn't look like a Shannon Sharp. He doesn't look like, you know, a Jimmy Graham mm-hmm. type of player. Uh, that lean, looks,
3: athletic guy.
1: Right, that, that's come into the league like a Tony Gonzalez type of guy, right? He looks like a throwback tight end. Looks Hawkinson. like Dallas Clark. He looks like Dallas Clark. <laughs> six two six three, two, six three. Yes. Thick. Yeah, right. get
3: under your pads when he's blocking. Mm-hmm. was interesting, John, and, and I saw him mention that on Twitter yesterday. Hawkinson wasn't great blocking on Saturday, and he was a little dinged up. You know, Kirk... As he doesn't yeah, he came out to do. for a while, did he not? Yeah, and he got back in though in the in the second half. Because the question was asked about Ivory Kelly Martin, he was noncommittal. Says we have uh-huh. some guys nicked up, yeah, as Kirk normally does. But Hawkinson is there didn't a mention there? him.
1: Well, he played in the second half, he so did. that that's the good news. Uh, Kelly Martin didn't get back in, did he? When he came out in the don't fourth quarter, so, I don't no. think. In fact, I didn't. I don't remember the play where he got
0: hurt. Really,
1: do you? I don't remember them show, And if they did show him limping off the field, it never, you know, something. Never him. registered. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Uh, you and Jimmy B today. Jimmy B is back. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's got a full Wednesday yeah, in him. Absolutely. Well, after all, he's only had, what do you have, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Oh, he's ready to work. He's ready to work. Sure. Yeah, probably off tomorrow. Before he bows out tomorrow yeah. and Friday. yeah. Well, make sure you get his game pick. Oh,
3: that's good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, speaking of game picks, three and two for both of us last week.
1: Yes, we both uh, got off on the right
3: foot, which was good. Winning, winning start to the season. I'll take six hundred dollars a year. Well, so will I in a heartbeat. So will anybody. Yes, they would. Well, we got coming up today, Pat Hardy in his Wednesday spot. We'll talk Hawkeyes with him. Mark Simon, formerly of ESPN. And I know right Mark in... Simon. you yeah. did... baseball tonight for a number of years. Yeah. ESPN Stats and Information, big baseball guy, Okay. and haven't talked to Mark for a while, and Wednesdays are for baseball during September. They
1: will be tonight, and here's the good news. If it continues to rain in DirecTV, boy, it's been a pain to hear and a Yeah. Uh, But Channel 5's got the game tonight, Ah, WOI. So just find your rabbit ears, put them on, and you'll get the game without having to rely on DirecTV and trying to get through the weather problems.
3: That's a a very good uh, little, what do they call that, a hack. Yes. A little side hack there to be able to watch the Cubs tonight. As long as well, Quintana, it's in Milwaukee, right? It
1: is in Milwaukee. They're going the to play. Quintana going to try and be the stopper. Oof. You feel yeah. good about that? No, not at no, all. I'm not sure I do not either. Not at all.
3: So Mark Simon will be in the 4 o'clock hour. Ben Kirchival from CBSSports.com. We'll talk college football with him. Is Ryan, he still kind of more Big 12 Kirchival? He's from Texas, so uh-huh. I think that's kind of his, he's a good his guest. lookout point. Yeah. I enjoy talking to him over well, the years. Yep, we'll get a perspective from him and Ryan Van Bibber on the NFL as we are a day away from kickoff,
1: Ken. You know, it's um, for our show, it's kind of unfortunate that the NFL lifts the lid this week's yeah. week, CyHawk right. week, right? Because it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But Friday, we'll have our NFL guests on. I think we're going to have Frank Schwab tomorrow do some NFL conversation. Who do you like? First blush on Thursday? Atlanta, I think, gets three and a half, three and a half, four. Is that where it is?
3: I like it above that field goal number. We saw it last year, New England. Yeah, crushed
1: by Kansas City.
3: It used to be money in the bank, right? Yeah, not last year. Not last year.
1: I'm going the other way this year, too. Yeah, I think the visiting team uh, walks out of there with the W. The defending Super Bowl champs, 0-1. Atlanta
3: had them on the ropes last year.
1: Atlanta's a good football team.
3: Yes, they are. I think
1: they're a well-coached football team. They've Mm -hmm. got a very good quarterback, a cerebral quarterback, and he's got a big arm. I'm a big, big Matt Ryan guy.
3: And with Julio on the outside. And and he's there. And now another Alabama receiver to go along. Yeah, Calvin pick.
1: Ridley, right? <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Why not go back to that? Well yeah. worked last time. Not,
3: why not? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That should be good. And nothing Thursday night college football. No,
1: that, they they did the right thing. They put yep. a couple of uh, you know stinkers up there. You know, we never talked about this when it uh, when we it debuted a couple of weeks ago, and maybe you didn't even see it. Uh, the Green Zone. What is it? I, well, they've got the yellow line, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's from the line of scrimmage to where they need to go to get to the yellow line. We don't need the green no. zone. Now, I don't know if they've got a sponsor for the green zone and that's why they did it. I mean, I get that part if that's the case. But I thought, well, you know, we don't need that. I mean, I don't want to stop. I remember when the when the, when the yellow line first came in. Was we doing Bob Dyer and I were, were, were on the jock. We had Mike Frances on. Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't need it. I can watch the game. I know we're the first time. This will the last two weeks. This is never going to fly, right? <laughs> now it's a part of football. and yes. it's, I don't see the green zone becoming a part of NFL broadcast. I don't. Honest to God, I think that football fans are going to say, you know what? We don't need that universally. It's too
3: much. It's too much. It's too much. The yellow line made
1: sense. That's adequate. We know with the yellow line. We see That's... the snap of the ball. We see the yellow line. And you can't change color you can't make it the blue zone. No. Because that would be off-putting, right? Right. No, I wouldn't like that at all. Red I, I zone, don't get
3: it. I can't do the red zone, orange zone,
1: whatever color. You can't do it. No. Don't need the green zone. No. Yes. Yeah, need stop. to go, though, because we're out yeah. of time. We'll be back tomorrow at noon. Jimmy B and TC get you home from 4 until 6. All of our guests on the Dr. Stephen Fuller Fuller Family Dentistry Hotline. Two locations, 2822 East 29th Street in Des Moines, 410 8th Street. Southwest in Altoona. Back tomorrow with Thursday. Mark Morehouse is here uh, in the first hour of the program. Look forward to our buddy Mark Morehouse from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Uh, For Trent, this is Ken. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for being here. 1700 KBGG.
0: Sunday night, Monday night, and Thursday night football from Westwood One. Only on 1700 KBGG.
3: dot com
6: at Fidelity, we believe nothing should come between you and your money. So we're introducing zero account fees with zero minimums to open an account. All because we want you to invest with zero trade-offs. Visit fidelitycom value to learn more. Zero account minimums and zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Expenses charged by investments, such as funds and managed accounts, and for commissions, interest charges, or other expenses for transactions may still apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, member NYSE SIPC. I'm so happy. Football's back. Fire up the grill and crack open a cold one because it's time to celebrate with an approved by Joe tailgate. Hey, Joe Clemens here from Capital City Motor Company. This month, bring me your old car and score the nicer, newer ride you've been fantasizing about for just $10 down. Sack your old car and start driving a nicer, newer car of your dreams. Has the ref thrown a flag on your past credit problems? My one and only for the people credit approval process is the game changer you've been waiting for. We huddle up with the banks and lenders and call the audibles to get you approved and back in the game, guaranteed. Stop driving a car you hate and, it, and drive home a nicer, newer car today for just 10 bucks down. I'm throwing a Hail Mary to make my month, and I need your help. Trade in your old car and drive for just 10 bucks down. This is for a limited time, so get in here and score before the clock runs out. I'm Joe Clemens, and I'm your dealer for the people. Come see us at Capital City Motor Company in Des Moines on East University. One block off I 235 on the State Fair side. Call 265 1467 or online at approvedbyjoe.com. Approvedbyjoe.com. www.approvedbyjoe.com. Sure, subject to
5: approval, some minimum requirements.
1: That's 729-0770, or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an
7: R. Proof it once, prove it right, right
3: roofing. One in eight. One in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer in her lifetime. At Komen, we think this is unacceptable. We know that this statistic represents our mothers,
0: sisters, aunts, and friends who have to face this awful disease, and we do not intend to sit back and...